we're live. Go ahead, Lee. All right. So this is our first um, Zoom. Two lawyers walking through a bar, and we're joined by one of our favorite guests from the podcast-only version, Damali Peterman. Hi, Damali. Hi, Lee. Hi, Cooper. Good to see you guys. Damali, I think between between the last time we spoke to you and now, your practice has changed and evolved a little bit. So why don't you tell us really quickly about what you've been doing up until last Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think since you spoke to me last, I was primarily focused on Damali Law. Um, Last year, I separated my legal practice from my non-legal practice. And so Damali Law is still the same um, corporate transactional legal work. Uh, And then Breakthrough ADR, which is the non-legal practice, is a prominent global uh, conflict resolution firm that focuses on teaching people how to listen, negotiate, and resolve conflict in the workplace and beyond. And so what that means, that beyond all of that encompasses what's happening right now. So we're pretty busy helping people navigate this, the the conflict created by COVID-19. We're going to get to what we want to talk about, which is the impact of COVID on on both of your practices in a minute. But I'm curious because we had a Zoom session last week about force majeure and, um, you know, whether or not contract performance is excused based on the virus are you, are you getting a lot of parties who are seeking to kind of break or revise the terms of their contracts? Well, um, I think that's a great question. And yeah. last week I was also part of a, a webinar that focused on questions like that for small businesses. And so I can speak to that and also what I'm seeing um, kind of with clients and non-clients. Sure. Uh, and basically people are just asking, what do we do? How, how do we manage this? Because it's something that's impacting everyone. Right. Yeah. And so it's not just uh, people, it's not just services and vendors, it's, it's event spaces, it's, you know, re- commercial leases. We have a lot of people trying to figure out what to do, yeah. um, aside from the business impact on employees, et cetera. And so we are getting that question a lot. Uh, first, the first thing we've been telling people to do is to get all your contracts in order find them, <laughs> figure out where they are, list them out, and then prioritize them because, you know, maybe, you know, the, the commercial lease is, you know, should be in the top five, if that's something that you have. And maybe things like, you know, certain paper deliveries should be, you know, not in the top five. So just prioritize them, figure out what they're, when they're due. And then this is not the time to become a do-it-yourself lawyer. I'm sure you guys can appreciate this. Um, this is a time to talk to someone that you trust, and figure out, you know, do they have force majeure provisions? Uh, what are the cancellation or termination provisions? What are they saying? Can they terminate? Um, and remembering that, of course, outside of the practice of law and what the words actually say, how do you want to handle the situation? What do you want your reputation to be uh, after this, right? Do you want to be known as the jerk who really didn't budge when the entire world was experiencing a global pandemic? Or do you want to be the person who tried to work with their vendors, customers, et cetera, um, recognizing that everyone is being impacted and figuring out like what you can do together, collaborative to, can't talk, it's been a long day, to collaborate, (laughs) to work together um, going forward. Yeah, it's all great advice and super relevant uh, right now. So, um, Cooper, do you want to kind of get us into the next phase of what we wanted to talk about today? Sure. I'd be curious, too, to hear a little bit about how you're approaching, um, how your practice is is thinking about mediation in this new world. I imagine that a lot of your mediations 
happen in, in sort of a physical space um, and if mediation is now happening in, if you've already sort of made the shift to this space, um, if you're doing things like this and just sort of how you're, how you're rethinking the world of mediation um, in, this, in this brave new world we're living in. So that's a great question. With respect to mediation, it's a small portion of my practice. So my practice is for conflict resolution is mediation training and consulting. And so mediation is something that uh, we do, of course. Now, a lot of mediators, a lot of folks in the ADR field, the alternative dispute resolution field, are talking about ODR. And it's been something that's been available for a long time. There's always this debate as to whether it's as effective as in-person mediation. Um, Right now, people don't have a choice. You can't travel to go to Boston or to Bombay to mediate. So you have to figure out what to do in this new normal. And so as far as us, yeah, we are ready to mediate online. We have the technology. It's quite simple, kind of like what we're doing right now using Zoom conference and other technology uh, to allow for people to see each other and kind of, you know, talk and discuss and hopefully reach an understanding or an agreement with the education component, that is a little bit tricky. Um, of course, same technology exists for online learning and education. As you can see and are probably hearing in the news, a lot of schools are now going to remote learning. Um, I think the distinction is if you are prepared to have, say, 100 people in a training uh, in Washington, D.C., what do you do? How do you handle that situation if you can't really, and if, if it's experiential learning, for example, if, which is what we typically do, you can't really recreate that in the online learning platform because a lot of it is hands-on and interactive. So that has been something that's been quite tricky to replicate uh, in this new normal. Um, have you noticed, has there been any, um, do you feel like people are still grappling with, with the new normal and or, or do you feel like there's more people reaching out because there's more issues and more disputes? Or do you feel like we're still sort of in an early stage of this and people are kind of getting their, getting their bearings? I think that's a great question, Cooper, because I feel like I'm seeing different groupings. There are people who are just frozen. Like they don't know what to do. And you kind of see the deer in headlights look or you feel it. There are people who went from A to Z. So they were open, and then in order to cut their losses and mitigate, mitigate damages, they just, you know, unfortunately had to let go of their staff and, and actually close their doors. Um, there are people who are perhaps a little right in the middle who are trying to figure out what to do, how long will this last, how can I rebrand or recreate myself, what can I do that's relevant. And, of course, this largely depends on if you're on the services or products industry and, of course, what you actually have to offer, right? Because if you are building widgets and all of your parts are coming from China and you can't get any parts right now, you, you can't really do anything. And I have friends who fit into that category where a lot of their materials were coming from outside of the U.S. Um, have people who's, who have travel companies, right? No one's traveling right now. That There's some millennials still traveling as we've, as we've seen <laughs> in Miami. And having, having weddings in Staten Island. Right, right. A friend of mine told me that there was a huge party in one of her plays, and I was quite impressed. <laughs> that makes my whole day. <laughs> my whole day. Come here. Sorry. I have to tell you that that was, my, that was my fear. I've had video calls all day. I have the door banged. <laughs> 
you should. She really. She. She yeah. She really wants to see you. She's like, yeah, <laughs> she invited her. She only wants to see me because I'm not there. As soon as I come outside, she'll lose interest pretty quickly. <laughs> wait to wait till your um, daughter learns how to recognize you're on the, a call and then say, but can I have X so that you'll say yes quickly? To get <laughs> That's what my boys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a big part of it too, right? In terms of just getting your bearings, we're trying to figure out how to run our law firm. We're doing it, um, you know, we're all in different places. Some of us have kids, some of us don't, but um, we don't have, you know, live and help here. So we have to kind of coordinate and figure out who's going to do childcare, who's going to make sure she's having a productive day. And I think that speaks to part of what Cooper asked about, like people are still kind of in that phase of trying to figure out how to negotiate their day, how to tackle their personal life and their professional life, which is all in the same place now for many people for the first time ever. So I think that factors in too. I'm just trying to segue that embarrassing interlude. <laughs> no, I, think it's a, I think it's an interesting question and one that I think that we should, we should maybe even just finish up with to just sort of ask you, Damali, how this is, you know, you're a mom, you're a, you have multiple businesses. Um, how are you holding up and how have you sort of been thinking about the new normal and, and migrating your practice to your house and, and all these things. Like what's, what's, what's been going on. And I imagine your, your husband is working from home as well, right? That's right. And so you should see the, cause we have to have two different classrooms for the kids to work in. And so we have a desk in one room, a desk in another room. We have my husband working at a desk in our room. I'm in the desk in the living room. Uh, I've said we have to keep the kitchen open we have the kitchen table clear because i just don't like moving everything every day and so we have all these little mini remote offices set up uh to answer your question i have never slept better <laughs> because i'm so exhausted at the end of the night that literally like a computer i just shut down and i will fall asleep anywhere because i'm so tired from running from you know each desk to make sure everyone has what they need um the online platform for for homeschooling, which is what CBS asked me about this morning, is really great because it shows how, you know, you can learn, kids can learn from home, but it's very in interactive because I have younger kids. They're not in middle school or high school. They're in kindergarten and second grade. And so that means that someone has to help them maneuver this, you know, system. Everyone's using it for the first time. There are a lot of questions. Um, for me, working from home, as you both know, wherever our computers are, we can work, right? And sure. so it's, 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 that's not that difficult, uh, working from home. But what's difficult is working from home while three other people are working from home. I imagine usually you, you know, you're a mom when you're at home, and then you leave and you go to the office, and you're a businesswoman at the office, and then you come home and you're a mom. You know, it's sort of it, – it's – Right now, everything is happening at the same time, which I imagine is so different. Yeah. And, in, and you know what? I'll tell you, I, that's, how, that's how I would love for it to be, is that everything is compartmentalized. But unfortunately, I'll say this as, you know, being the only woman mother on this, on this call, is that people still defer. I'm still the default caregiver, meaning that if something happens in the classroom or at the school, one of my kids get hurt, um, I'm the person that they reach out to first. And so while I'm, you know, in business mode, I'm always like making sure that I'm not getting a call from the school. I ha at one time I missed um, a call from the school. Uh, I called back. It was the nurse. She was telling my son fell. But she said to me, uh, you know, I called you three times. Oh, no, no. When I called her back, she said, oh, I talked to your husband. And I was like, oh, great. She goes, well, I called you three times. And I called him. And I was like, why did you call me three times? Like, there's a reason that there are two names listed and two phone numbers. Why didn't you call him after the first time you called me? 
So there's this societal impact as well of people just assuming that, you know, which great, look, I'll be there in a second, but assuming that the burden still is largely on the mom. So you're right. All of those things are happening at once. Um, I was saying a minute ago, I have the door barricaded on my side <laughs> because I know that they just want to be on TV and they just want to run out here. <laughs> but it would be cute. Like it's cute. I think people are more understanding when it's like a guy and the kid runs out when it's a mom, they're like, Oh, you know, is she really working? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think that my daughter's school would probably call my wife three times too before calling me, but only because they know that I would just call her <laughs> me anyway. So why not just skip the step? Uh, it's not, it's not, it's a good idea. I mean, for me, I feel like everything is like, mom, call the mom, call the mom, call the mom. And I, I appreciate that because I would be like, why didn't they call me? But calling me three times and then calling chat who answered on the first ring. It's like, come on. <laughs> they just wouldn't know that I'm useless. So. <laughs> useless is not a word I would use to describe you, Lee. When it comes to making decisions, sometimes. Depends, depends. <laughs> All right, Damali, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you have a lot going on. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to touch base with you in a couple of weeks and see, hopefully we're, we're on the other side of this in a couple of weeks, but um, I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments going on over the next couple of weeks and months, and um, it might be interesting to touch base again, maybe in May or June and see how things are going. Sure, sounds good. I, you know, last time we met up, we all had our drinks, and I brought my kombucha out just for oh. you. You gave me a hard time because I had a Coca-Cola Classic last time. And I was like, look, I have kombucha. And it's like fermented. Does that count as a drink? Is that the, is that the lemon-lime one? It's the lemonade one. I love that one. It's so, it's so good. good, right? I actually miss it because it's not around here. So um, I, I can't have it. So um, I, um, and now I know what to bring you the next time I see you guys in person. I'm, I'm actually curious. What do you miss the most that you can't have? And Cooper, you can answer this too. The only one to leave you out. What do you miss the most that you can't have over the last week? Because for me, it's Starbucks, venti, iced coffee in the morning. That jump-started my day every day. Can't have it anymore. I have, like, the uh, home, whatever we have. What's it called? It's not quite espresso. Yeah, we have an espresso, which is not the same. It's not the same thing. So what do you miss? I have to tell you, the last uh, couple of months, it's not a thing. It's an activity. I have become so obsessed with Orange Theory. Do you know? Really? Oh my goodness. There was this transformation challenge. And so you had to go at least three times a week. And I was going three or four times a week. And up until the, they closed the gyms, like I was, I was so excited. They were practicing social distancing. So they had you using like every other machine. You already had to clean everything down in between each use. Um, so of any gym, I think it was the cleanest gym ever because everyone was cleaning everything down. Um, but I miss Orange Theory. I never thought I would miss a gym in my life but they're not I'm, doing like virtual training sessions or not the same lee like yeah. you know it's not the same I, I i for me for me i need to go in and be in the zone i usually lock my phone in the locker it's the only time that my phone is like actually locked away right. um and i get that like full out hour of just you know exertion of energy and i love it so that's what i miss the most cooper what about you I miss waking up in the morning and being able to look at the New York Times app. I've had to just completely cut that out of my life because it's, it means that I wake up and have a full-blown panic attack. <laughs> but you want to be informed. You want to know what's going on. I, I've honestly, I, I don't know if I do anymore. I never I'm on Twitter more now than I ever was before. 
I just created a Twitter account lead. I never had a personal Twitter account. My companies have Twitter accounts, but I just created a Twitter account because I feel like everything is coming across really quickly in Twitter. Um, But to your point, Cooper, you know what's happening is I'm getting emails from people I haven't talked to in ages from different countries. And if you think that our media is giving us a certain view, people who don't live here, who are writing me from different continents are just like, are you alive? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you seeing? We heard New York is the worst of every place in the world. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, I look outside. I'm like, really? I'm like, no, here's a proof of life. I take a photo. <laughs> happy, healthy. Everyone's good. Like, I don't know what they're showing you in the media, but you know, it's not, it's not as dire as they're, they're telling you. For sure. All right, Damali. Well, hang in there, stay safe. And uh, thanks again for taking the time. Thanks for All jumping right. on. We'll talk soon. Be Great well. You guys take care. Bye.